Hey friend, how are you feeling today? Oh, Coco, I'm feeling anxious, really anxious, uh, feeling excited. My head kind of hurts. I don't really even know why that hurts. I mean, it's not that I used my head at all today. Um, my corn pad is slipping because I put it on my toe after I banged into a piece of furniture, because that's the worst. I hear that banging your toe against the chair is probably worse than being punched in the face. You know, and I'm having such an itch right now. I don't know what the problem is. You know, and no one online on Doc MV or any You're listening to How You Feeling with Coco and Fran. Bobby's number, 17, I'm getting a look up. Okay, Gerard and Bobby, I just wanted to know whether you've gotten home. Kathy told me about you're not feeling well down in Puerto Rico. I just want to know, you know, if you've gotten back. And uh, when you're feeling better, uh, just to call me, let me know that you've returned, okay? Um, of course, we're anxious to know how you're feeling, that's all. Uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Hello, friend. Good morning, Coco. Good afternoon and good evening. If it's the middle of the night, then good middle of the night. If it's the middle of the night, y'all should be sleeping. If somebody lives in Korea, it's a whole different time zone. Well, then it's not the middle of the night for them. You don't know. Maybe the middle of the night is the middle of the day for them. You've never been there. Sleep is important. So is food. It is. So what were you going to ask me about what? What did you want to know what I thought about an episode we did? Oh, last week's episode about oh. uh, where we had Vincent on and we were talking about uh, the motivation to for self-promotion and finding accountability and how do we change that um we had a very good friend as well contribute a little sound bite on her thoughts uh, about accountability and being consistent um Akila, she she gave us a little bit of her thoughts on it and uh and i know we were just listening to that so what are your thoughts on her perspective um, I think she, you know, she definitely, as Akila does, she hit it right on the mark. You know, it's about the accountability. I think that her perspective was like another angle of what we were talking about, like on topic, but certainly like a subtopic. Mm -hmm. Like, because um, I know we talked a lot with Vincent about what we need from people who are listening to us and people that are, we consider friends or followers, like what we want from them. But I think her perspective was like, okay, so let's talk about what we're doing. Exactly. So yeah. what I got from her was let's go within, mm -hmm. let's figure out what we're doing because yeah. yes, part of it is, you know, it's kind of like the stay in the lane type of comment. Like, if you stay in your lane, and this is what I've essentially done with my, you know, my career, air quotes, my air, my career 
uh, of doing performing is constantly being like, yeah, it's important what other people do and how they support me, but I don't stop doing it because they stop coming. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what she was driving at, which is the consistency of putting content out or putting whatever it is that you produce as an artist, as a creative, whoever, as a business owner, it's the, it's being consistent when it comes to engaging and producing um, for your consumer, who, who, uh-huh. whoever they are, whether it's followers and fans um, or uh, you know, people who buy your merchandise and uh, we'll have, we'll have her soundbite on our Instagram at some point. So everyone can, can hear what she, what her input is for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. And I think, I think a huge part of that is you have to ask yourself, how much do you love what you're doing that you're going to stop doing it because people aren't paying attention to you? I mean, listen, coming from someone who has done it, like I have, you know, I'm not going to rattle off my resume, but I even forget half the stuff I did. Like every once in a while, I'll see a photo come up and I'll be like, wow, I forgot about that. But the reality is, is that, yes, it's very important to have the asses in the seats. If the, seat, if the seats aren't filled, especially as a performer, like if you're a person who paints or even like a photographer, like your, your job doesn't really rely on an audience. But if you're a performer, you rely on the audience. They stop showing up. What do you do? You stop performing. It's something you love to do. Yeah. So what do you? Starts becoming. If it starts feeling like a chore, Mm -hmm. then you're going to need to rethink what you're doing in life. I mean, we all need to rethink what we're doing in life. You know, I mean, it's not. I'm not saying that what you do, what you pursue, is going to be easy. But if you're not happy with what you're doing, then it's time to change that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, when you say something like that, like every once in a while, one of us says something on the show, like there's like a one sound bite. And what you just said, I think for this episode, that's the comment that makes me think for this, this episode are people that are listening right now thinking about how that comment affects them are they asking themselves that question because mm. i think that that's it's a really great question are you happy doing what you're doing and i think sometimes people lie to themselves because it's easier to keep doing what they're doing right now because it's harder to jump and go do something different yeah you know so i agree, I agree. so in an, in another topic um, <laughs> I'm looking at your, your screen, your background, and it says the world of Joanna. Okay. Do you see okay. it flipped like I do? No, I see the world of Joanna. Oh, you do see it correctly. Okay. I do. I see it's, the- it's flipped on my side. Okay. So listen, that's not the point. <laughs> I want to know who Joanna is. I don't know. I and just- I know there's someone listening. It's- <laughs> Probably you'd have a, God knows when I see all the countries that are listening to our show, there's got to be a Juwenya who's listening right now. There has to be. Has to be. There has to be. 
has to be. <laughs> so we have a fun episode. Is it safe to say that it's oh, a fun? This is a fun episode because you know why? <laughs> I feel for you all listening. Listen, I work in human services every single day and I try to make it as fun as possible. But guess what? 80% of my job is drama. Drama. I'm dealing with people's drama. So you know what? It's great for us to bring you an episode that is fun. We have a special guest. Yes. And I don't know if they're in the green room yet. They are not. Okay. They will be. Okay. But when our guest comes, you all will be in the life of enjoyment and the world of Joanna. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I don't even know either. Um, do you want to talk about what this episode is going to be about or what? Sure, why not? Okay. So I love how you give it to me. Or are you going to do it? Well, no, I mean, I was just, we recently, you and I recently had a conversation and it really stuck a nerve with me with regards to legacy. Because we were, because it was along the lines of the motivation to create. And, you know, sorry, not sorry, a lot of our episodes have to do with this type of uh, subject matter when it comes to creatives and, and, and whatnot. So we were talking about legacy. And that's, that seems to be the driving force for certain people, you mm-hmm. as being one of them, yep. to create the things that you want to create because you want to, you want, when you leave this world, you want to know that you've made some kind of an impact. Right. With your, with your, with your art, whatever yeah. it is. Um, like at the very first, least, I've crossed some things off my list. Exactly. Yeah. If you have like a, a bucket list per se, uh, whatever it is, you've, you've crossed those things off, but you want to leave a legacy and it's not necessarily, you know, children, for example, because a lot of people, when they hear legacy, they think offspring, carry on the name, so on. Yeah. They're not going to make you as happy as (laughs) I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, if I win an Oscar, it'll probably be on the same level as my favorite moment, my daughter being born. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be on the same level. There you go. So when I was thinking about that, because I was, I'm always asking myself, why do I lack that motivation to create? How do I get that? What do I need to do? Um, That whole conversation about where you said it's because you don't, you don't think about the legacy. You don't mm-hmm. think about what you are going to be leaving behind. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me a lot because I do care about the work that I produce and what impact it makes on people. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do care. Um, of course, I want to create more. Of course, I want to. So it's, it, it has shifted some, something in me with regards to legacy. Sure. Um, but, I, but I think also part of our conversation was the fact that you're looking at more of the perfection or the specifics of the outcome. Hmm. 
And I'm looking less at the outcome, more looking at like, if it hits big, it hits big. Yeah. If it's great, it's great. I mean, I've done a lot of crappy shows. I've also done a lot of great shows. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, some of my great shows, some audience people might think it was horrible. Yeah. And vice versa. So my point is, it's about what we do. Yeah. It's about what we do. And I think you're a bit of a perfectionist, but also that's attached to your fear sometimes. Like you're kind of like, I'm not going to do it unless it's perfect. And I'm kind of like, I'm going to do it just because I want to do it. Yeah. I, I will say that I am shifting that a little bit. Good. I'm not there yet. Like I'm not, you know, 100%. And you can't do, and you're not going to say this about yourself, but you can't do bad work if you fucking try. Stop it. Stop it. Like, honestly, like, honestly, you take, sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm just going to take a stupid photo. And then you're like, that was a great photo. Oh, stop it. It was not. Like, I remember the photo you took of me at your house like a long time ago. And it was, it was like you did photos of me and Chris and they were like silhouettes. Oh yeah. Randomly did those. And I saw them on your Instagram recently because I was trying to steal a photo from you. (laughs) And I saw them and I was like, Oh my God, I remember those. And those were so random. Yeah. I like those. I, I, I mean, I, okay. Thank you. First of all, you're welcome. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't do anything nice. <laughs> but yeah, so like it just had this whole thing just had me thinking about legacy. And we talked, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, things that we wish we had kept in our, from our past. Um, because, because it just, it, it speaks to our story. It speaks to who we are. Um, and I was, when we were getting ready to record this episode, I was thinking about like, what do I have that is my legacy right now that I can, I can speak about. And it's all the photos I ever took as a, as a teenager into my twenties, like before I even thought about photography as anything. You were always taking photos. Exactly. All the photos I have are from you. Everything like I was quote unquote, the documentarian of my childhood of our childhood. And I took photos for almost every event. Like it was ridiculous. Like we could just be going, you know, shopping somewhere or through like whatever it was. And I was taking photographs. And that's one thing that I am so grateful to have right now, because it's like, it's a key to my past. And, and on that note, that's why we're going to go into this conversation with our guest, because you and I talked about this thing that we're going to go into Yes, that we both dubbed like a legacy of our past, because there's so many inside jokes we have Yes, that if we explain to people, I don't even know if they would hit hard, but this story we chose because it's going to hit hard. Yeah. So at the start of this episode, you probably heard some rando conversation. And uh, this is what we are going to be talking about. Yeah. And our guest has arrived. Great. Let's do so it. So let's let her in and, uh, 
and get this party started. Admit. <gasps> oh my God. Who Look is this? Who, who is that? Who is that lady? Hello. Can you guys hear me good? We can uh -oh. hear you, Aquila. We hear you great. My laptop is dead. Dinner is still on the stove. Don't ask. Don't ask. It's still there. I and, the and the brownies are ready. So I'm tempted to just give that for, the, to, for dinner to the kids. Did we totally interrupt dinner time? It's not ready yet. Oh, it's not ready yet. All right. No. So listen, listen, I know this is sad for everyone listening, but we have you for a fast 30 minutes. If that. <laughs> no, you signed the contract. So, all right. So listen, it is what it is. We we got something for you. And we're gonna start right away, right out of the gate. Okay. okay. So Coco, yes. she's in her head. Now, Coco, where do I start? What when we obtain this thing that we played in the beginning of the show? Where did she go? She like I don't know. we could just talk. Right here. <laughs> we're talking right to a ghost. Had to, I'm she, right here. Leave she her alone. Leave her alone. You had to go have confrontation with one of the servants. She was like, let me go talk to one of my servants and handle I some need that. I need all the laughs I can get. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, friend. So, friend, why don't you discuss, talk about the recording? Okay. Yes. So which you will listen to, correct, Akila? I did. I okay. Did. Okay. So <clears throat> you're gonna love this because this is so up your alley. All okay. right. Of okay synchronicity and the way, as you would say, the way God works. Okay. Mm -hmm. so God has a sense of humor, right? Indeed. He does. Because okay. I'm here. So I know that. <laughs> so anyway, so years ago, early 2000s, probably what do we consider Coco 2007? 2008? When were you, when were you living in that apartment? About that. Okay. 2007, 2008. So mm -hmm. we ended up getting a lot of weird like answering machine calls on our phone mm -hmm. so i used to record them whenever we got like a good one that would come in and i record it mm -hmm. so this particular one that you listened to and we also played in the beginning of the show for anyone who didn't hear it rewind and listen to it so it was a person who left this message about gerard and bobby mm -hmm. So this Gerard and Bobby message has been in our archives, our mental archives forever. So Coco and I for years, why? I don't know, but we'd always laugh and just mention it. And then time had gone by, a long time gone by. We also assumed that Gerard and Bobby were a gay couple. Yeah, we were like, Gerard and Bobby are a gay couple. The woman who's calling is their mother. Mm -hmm. you know? Gerard is an architect. Bobby does interior design. They have two Shih Tzus. There was a whole okay. Okay. So, so anyway, so whatever. So Gerard and Bobby kind of fizzled that. We hadn't talked about Gerard and Bobby for a long time. About two weeks ago, maybe even a week ago, Coco's on the phone with me and she's like, Gerard and Bobby, you know, imitating the person. And I start laughing because I go, oh, my God, I haven't heard that in so long. Mm -hmm. So three days later, we're sitting at the dining room table. It's me, it's Jen, it's Lou, and Lou's one of her best friends that lives down the street. 
Mm-hmm. Jen turns to me and goes, I don't know, she was doing something for work and maybe something triggered her memory. And she went, Gerard and Bobby. And we started laughing. And Jen and I both were like, remember Gerard and Bobby? So Lou's friend perks up and goes, Gerard and Bobby? That's my grandmother and grandfather's name. And we're like, what? And she goes, yeah. And I've only known her grandparents to be like Roberta and Jerry. Mm-hmm. So Jen immediately goes, wait, 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 what is your grandparents' phone number? So Jen looks at it and goes, because we used to have a number in Montclair. Mm-hmm. Their number was one number off from our number. So the woman who left the message thought she was calling Lou's best friend's grandparents, but she was she left the message on our machine. How freaky is that? And and we didn't know these people. When we lived in Montclair, we didn't know this family. Lou didn't have this friend. Lou wasn't even born. Neither was her friend at that point, was was she? Yeah. Neither was her. So the woman's leaving the message and she's like, oh, you're on Puerto Rico, blah, blah, blah. We got authority because these are her paternal grandparents. Mm. When we contacted the dad, her friend's dad, who also lives down the street, he was kind of like, yeah, that was the year we went to Puerto Rico and everyone got sick. And that was my father's sister who was calling to check up on my parents, but she thought she was calling them. Because when you listen to the message, she goes, she says the number and then she gets to the end and she's like, oh my God, I got the number wrong. You know? Yeah. I'm speechless. That is, that, it don't get no more freakier than that. Right? Right. And what were the chances that we were going to talk about it in front of her friend who was then going to go, that's my grandparents' name. Like she thought we were talking about her grandparents. I would have played the lotto after that conversation because clearly you guys got some juju going on. I would have went straight to the corner store, spoke to the gentleman and said, yes, I want to play a, a box for it. Thanks. Why didn't we get a lottery ticket after that? What you say? Because we didn't talk to you. I went straight to the to the corner store. Uh-huh. Because you were like, you were like my Miss Cleo of 2020. <laughs> Except you're not bootleg like Miss Cleo. Because Miss Cleo. No, I'm the real deal. You're the real I'm deal. The real. You are. You're, and, you're, and you're cuter than she is. Oh, way cuter. Way cuter. I Thank give credence you. to my elders, but I'm I'm better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better. There you go. He's an animal. That is incredible. Wow. Right? That's why yeah. the message and all. But what we were talking about was the way this tied into this episode where we were talking about legacy because Coco yeah. and I were saying that a lot of these messages and these photos, and there's so many things that Coco and I do not have access to, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now you might ask yourself, how did we find this recording? Right? Mm-hmm. Well, years ago, I'd record them and then I had an old computer that I had a hard drive and I literally that night hooked up my hard drive and went through all those sound bites and I found it. Because Fran, Fran was asking me, like, he was certain that I would have had something like this on my computer, that he would have sent me the file and that I would have had the forethought to save it. And I said to myself, well, I said to him as well that if I, for some, by some miracle that I have it, I would be 
it would be on this old PC that takes about three days to start up. So, <laughs> but while that, while I was starting up that computer, I get a text from Fran and mm-hmm. sure shit. He found it. He yeah. found the recording. Yep. Now, wait, wait, wait. Are Bobby and Jerry still alive? Yep, they are. So the dad, my daughter's friend's dad, called his parents on FaceTime and told them the story. And they were like, it made their night. He like sent up the record because I sent them the recording. I said, you know, tell your and then and then I also did due diligence because I remember the next day after getting that message we had caller ID. So I ended up calling the number that called me and I left that woman a message saying, you called the wrong number. Now, mm-hmm. whether she got the message or not, I don't know, but I didn't know what the severity was because I thought she was calling her gay son and his husband. Yeah. In on that. That's what it sounded like. You know, because they came That's back what... from Puerto Rico, they had Speedos. You saw the whole thing in your head. Like, Yeah, it played out. That's what they did. Tanned, everything. That's everything. it. You know, they have arroz con pollo. They like, they Listen, did it all. Arroz con dules. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I was just in Puerto Rico last year. So I, I know. It's you crazy. know, you're Caribbean. So you Caribbean. Oh, I'm Jamaican. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. So wait, wait, wait. I, I hate to keep going back to the business. Sister <laughs> is a woman that called still alive too. Oh, like yeah. The- oh, yeah. Wow. I hope that, so you sent them the recording? Oh, yeah. They got the recording. The family has it. They own it. They loved it. They listened to it 500 times. I'm like, you have to listen to it as many times as we have. <laughs> I hope they, they play it for the sister. Maybe. They probably already did. I mean, but it's, it's interesting because imagine if someone's telling you that story, you just don't even believe it happened. And if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have believed it. Mm, mm. Mm. there's this book that i love and that i i even have some of our clients reading it's called godwing okay and um there's a lot of stories in there about that um synchronicities messages from the beyond all those types of things and Mm -hmm. this would would be this is a story that would be in that book yeah yeah it's incredible And, and you ask yourself when that happens why like why at that moment did we need to know that there was this connection? Mm. Like, you know, cause my daughter has been friends with this, this girl for, God, they've been friends for, I don't know, I want to say at least six years, seven years, maybe more. Wow. Like since they were little, 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 I have pictures of them really little together. Let me tell you something. This world is a lot smaller than we think or even can comprehend. Mm-hmm. That six degrees of separation, I actually believe in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. Trust me. I'm telling you, even in our lives right now, we all know so well. I know for sure me and Fran do, but even if me, like me and Fran were strangers, I assure you, we all know someone that knows someone that knows of us. I'm telling oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. It's freaky. Well, that's where the social, that's where social media can blow your mind. Cause sometimes you see people that know each other and you're like, how do you know this person? Like, you know, Anne, who's been a guest on our show, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And also on your show. Mm-hmm. Anne actually knows someone who I used to work with and I never knew they knew each other until one of them sent me a message and was like, how do you know Anne? And I'm like, I've known Anne for years. And they're like, oh my God, I used to work with her. And I'm like, and I used to work with you. And now we're like, all three of us are like, 
you know, had that happen. It's crazy. I know. It's bananas. It's like how I met you. It's like, I was, you know, I've known Daria for a while now. And you and I probably even brushed shoulders at one of her shows. Okay. <laughs> now that is true. My husband plays for her. So it's very yeah. possible that we did. Yeah, because I used it's- to be- I used to be the only, as I said, Daria, I used to be the only white person in the room who knew all the music she was saying. Okay, so did you ever go see Daria like Hat City or anything like that? I used to go see her. I saw her most times or every performance at the Montclair Social on Bloomfield Ave. I was there. Yeah. I I saw her there. I saw her there so many times when she used to break in this Jill Scott or some of those like b-sides of like whoever i would know who it is and Mm -hmm. and i'd be screaming from the audience and that's how we became friends because she got off stage after a song and she was like you like jill scott and i'm like who doesn't (laughs) right how could you not but my husband plays for her so that's insane and it's funny because my best friend asked me the other day Keila how did you get into coaching like you know what, what what i do now and i said oh through friends how did you meet Fran through Daria? And how does she know him? Like I had to give the back backstory. And I'm like, now he's basically yeah, my your friend. He, your friend, your friend's like, I don't commingle with the whites. So that- <laughs> no, she does. No, no, no. She's not like that. <laughs> she's not like that. Right. I said he's basically like my white big brother. Like yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's so- insane. And, you know, and that's the thing we talked about. And the reason why we brought this into the show is because we talked about legacy and a little bit of what Coco was saying, even before you joined us on the call today, was um, legacy is really important to me. And Coco and I had this whole conversation about how I am, as a creative person, less interested with the final product. I'm more interested in actually doing whatever it is. Like I'm less interested in how perfect it's going to be. Like when someone said to me, oh, you're going to do stand up. What are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'm going to book some shows. And that turned into like almost 10 years of my life, mm-hmm. you know, like of me just contacting, uh, you know, owners of theaters. And I even went to Ottawa and I performed in, in Canada when I visited Coco. Like Mm -hmm. I just contacted like comedy clubs and spaces and just went and did it. And I, you know, some shows were great. Some shows were not so great, but at the end of the day, I was like, I can tell you, I can't even count how many shows I did. Like to me, accomplishment. Mm, mm, mm. That's how it is. Let me ask Akila a question. Yes. Other than your children, Mm -hmm. what do you want your legacy to be? Now, I don't know what I want my legacy to be per se. Um, I think anything where my hand was on it or where I was a part of it is enough. However, I'm more concerned about how, what people are, not, not that I care, but I want to leave a good taste in people's mouth. Mm-hmm. So say, God forbid, I get, I get picked up on out of here before I get to accomplish anything that I really, you know, set my dreams and goals on. Like, you know, I want to work with Issa Rae. I want to being on something with Oprah, I want, you know, a syndicated podcast, you know, like stuff like that. Say that doesn't happen. That's fine. Um, But ultimately, I want when my name is mentioned, they say she was the truth. 
I may not have always agreed with what she said, but I believed her. She was honest and she always allowed me to be myself. That matters more to me than any monument with my name on it, any building with my name on it, any book with my name on it. I want when I come across people, they leave transform and change in a good way mm. when I'm done when I'm done with them. And to me, that lasts longer. To me, that's more than any dry, cold thing that could be left here after I'm gone. Mm. Because we talk about six degrees of separation. Something that I imparted on someone, right? May travel on beyond me. That one person that I spoke to who was having a bad day, unsure of themselves, not sure which way to go. And I encouraged them, helped them, showed them the way that in which is going to transform their lives. And if their lives are transformed, I'm sure they're helping someone else. Mm. And to me, I'm sorry. I said, here, here. And I feel like that's more, and I'm not saying that the monuments are not important and the, the buildings with my name on it are not important or the books with my name on it or any credits that I may accomplish are not important. But we have this, we, we have this saying in Christianity, like that's all going to pass away anyway, too. Mm-hmm. eventually eventually no one's going to care about that you know what i mean it'll right. be it's kind of right. like those yeah it's kind of like those word of mouth stories really like that pass on from one generation to another you you want mm-hmm. you want people's idea of you yeah to- well like you know and and you're you what you're saying about the passing away absolutely because if we look at what's happened even in our culture like when you've lived even as long as I have, mm-hmm. you see things that were so popular and things that were so important when I was 15 or 16 mm-hmm. are forgotten now. They're almost like you try to explain to my daughter the impact of a certain TV show or a certain artist. She mm-hmm. doesn't see it like we saw it, you know? No. I, that's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And again. And again, and I, and I, I hear what you're saying, you know, Mm -hmm. I think for me, like the ultimate legacy is not necessarily just all of those things, but they are a part of it. Like, I think for me, it's a, it's a part of doing things while I'm alive. So there's less regret. Mm. Oh yeah. No one ever wondering, like, you know, what if I would have auditioned for that? Who knows what could have happened? What if I didn't, didn't make that phone call? What could have happened? Indeed. Okay. You know? So I think that's really important. And I think this hit Coco really hard. And she was like the catalyst for this episode. Okay. Because, you know, she thought a lot about it. I'm not going to talk for you like I'm your PR person. So go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought, I thought about, uh, you know, because as we were saying before you got on, um, Fran's Fran's motivation to to do what he does is because he wants to leave or have that legacy so Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about you know where what how that translates to me and I absolutely want to leave that like like I want to be able to at the at, at the end of my life say that I did everything that I wanted to do Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um of course i want people when they speak my name or when they remember me or think about me i want them to think of me as a kind and generous person you know mm-hmm. with a big heart and that's because that's who i am and that's how i present myself 
to everyone uh, like like you you want I, I want people to have a good taste in their in their mouth when they think about me but mm-hmm. I also think about my work and what I create I want mm-hmm. people to see my art and say that's that's Colleen's you know mm-hmm. that like I, I I want that work to be impactful you, you know, it's funny because I'm married to a creative and sometimes it makes me wonder if I'm truly a creative because it was everything in my husband to get his first record credit, you know, like that mattered to him. And even if it's only one, yeah, he said, I want something with my name right. on it. God forbid the kids don't get to grow up yeah. and see me perform. I want them to be able to go to this record and hear daddy play. Yeah. And I'm like stuff like and hearing the both of you talk, it, it makes me even question my own. Am I a true creative? Because honestly, that does not matter to me. Mm-hmm. And I and being married to a creative and now hearing you two say it. I'm like, wow, I can I can under, I understand on a personal level what you are saying. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's more on a more not to say that is for you guys is not fundamental and philosophy and um, philanthropic or however you say that word work but for me it's more that okay then it is okay if, if i if the if the if the bestseller never if my book never ends up on the new york times bestseller i really don't you know it'll be great it'll be nice but i would rather be an advisor to oprah i would rather someone i would you know i would rather be let's see like like say i would rather be gail you know what i'm saying like i would rather be uh, paid to you know be someone's go-to person on what do I do like an advisor or something like that versus okay if I don't get the book if I don't get the role if I don't get I don't that doesn't matter as much you know but that's still but that's still in a lot of ways still a recognition yeah because it's still a recognition like people at the very least may you may not be Oprah but people Mm -hmm. are going to associate you as look at what Gail does for Oprah you know she's like be in the archives yeah, and she's the, well, you know, she's like, what is, she, what do they call her? She's the, um, the editor, the editor, editor at large for for O Magazine. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, okay, like, that's fine. So, Maybe I'm not, not but, so high. But, <laughs> but even what you said about not being bestseller, like that's my point too. Like, mm-hmm. I can make a really great movie that never totally gets snubbed, and I don't mm-hmm. get any awards for it, but I can walk away going, I did that movie. It's same thing with the book. I can write the book because I went through this whole period of time in the last three years where I was like, I want to find a publisher, I want to find a publisher, I want to find a publisher. And now I'm just like, no, I'm just going to self-publish a book because I can still get a publisher from a self-published book, but I want to have a hard copy. I want to do it. And Mm -hmm. I don't care how to do it. Now, there was something I said both of you today, which was like part of why I I thought that this was very inspiring and and connected was- the quote that I sent you both, which is the trouble is you think you have time. Mm -hmm. And that was Buddha. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought. Like the trouble is we do think we have time. We think that we have time to do so much. And we also think that there's going to be this miraculous, like surge of motivation that suddenly is going to come through our body in three years from now, four years from now, five (laughs) years, 20 years from now, and it's going to change. And it's like, no, and that's 
And that's the thing I always read about writers, especially like they say, writers always talk about having writer's block. And they're like, some of the greatest writers in the world always say, writing is about discipline. It's about just doing it. It's not about waiting for that idea. It's about just doing it. It's true. I've been wanting to write a short story book for the longest. And it's going to be so wild. Like you should, like the thoughts that come to my head about this short story book. And then because, I mean, I have a degree in English. I'm, I, not to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I'm a pretty good writer. Good. Like I'm, I'm good at it. In my imagination, my husband says it to me all the time that I should go forth and do it. And every time I think about sitting down to do it, I'm like, oh, for what? Oh, why does it even matter? Ain't nobody going to read it. Nobody's not going to care. And those are the own blockages that I deal with myself. I want to read it. You would read it? I do. You would read it. I mean, I, I'll read it if it's got dirty pictures in it. <laughs> oh, no pictures. Oh. This is solely mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Okay. this is solely for the imagination, honey. Oh, okay. you are gonna have to imagine. Okay. Okay, the plot. Well, you're doing it. that. All I'm imagining is some woman on the beach. <laughs> I want to read it, Akila. So you better start writing. Okay. I'm oh. gonna. My going to read it. And Akilah, you, you have always been on my bucket list for the person who's going to write one of the forwards to my book. There you go. I'm going to take, take his picture. You're going to write Coco's doing, And Coco and I already talked about the cover of the book because I want I the, can't, photo, now that, I want the that, photo to have nothing to do with the book. That's what, that, I, that's what she and I are going to do. I already have an idea for you. Okay. All so. right. Y'all need to get this done because I, I, I need to see it. Like y'all pictures together are just out of this world. So I yeah, that's her. That's her. She listen. Uh, the thing is, is that I allow her to be herself, and I mm -hmm. allow her to just, and that's all I do. All mm -hmm. I do is, you know what you're doing. All I know is how to pose. He lets me the rest. Let me paint his beard. <laughs> that it. picture, amazing, top notch. If you guys haven't seen it, go to their pages and go look. Yeah. Please. And me on the street with no pants on in the Zoom fashion, as I called it. Those ones are my favorite too. I That's that question. Because yeah. guys stand up nowadays, they're in a suit from waist up. That was, yeah. You were right. ahead of your time. You were you ahead, ahead of your time. We were, listen, ahead of our time. And, you know, I just love how the two of you just kept saying, like, you want to leave what? A, you want to leave a good taste in people's mouth? What was yes. this? And I was thinking to myself, well, that's why I wash my ass. Okay. Okay. I on that I was note, guys, have dinner. I, I, literally, I can smell it on the stove. I was burning. What are you making? Turkey wings. All right. White rice and corn and possibly and broccoli. I'm not sure. Well, yet. I have your address. All right. Oh, but I'm far from you guys now, but still, come. You're not far. How far are you? You're not that far. We're not going to tell people where you live because okay. people are stalkers. They yes. are. They are. I'll tell you offline. And they already saw and they already saw your picture. So they're like, she's cute. We're gonna go stalk her. Jesus, listen, that's not a joke to me. That's like one of my biggest fears is being stalked. Swear listen, to God. listen if you're not stalked, you're not famous. So there you go. No, that's all right. And I don't want that. You see that? Well, right. thank you. Thank you so much, Akila, for it carving out a little bit of your time today Absolutely. and joining us. And uh we always love your input, your your feedback, your everything. So it's always a pleasure when you're on our show. And, and you know, I, no, no disrespect to any other guest, but you are the one who always comes through 
with the messages and all that stuff of people being like, we want her again. We want her again. And eventually me and Coco are just going to retire and give you this damn show. We'll pass it on to you. We'll just be like, how you feels. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is a thought. Maybe I could just merge with how you feeling and just post. When you guys post on a Monday, I post on a Wednesday. Listen, Coco is down. Coco's ready. She'll do all that with you. She'll collaborate. Listen, you're already you're already in the family. So you are. I'll just shut down my podcast and just be an additional episode every week, and we could just call it a day. So you you just got to do one more thing before you leave, and it's one of those things that we got to ask you know you to do, like you know when you have a famous guest on the show. I have a friend, I have a friend who listens to our show and she's an avid supporter of the show. Her name is Carmen. You got to say hey. hi. Hi, Carmen. How you doing, boo? She Hit loves me up you. on the gram. Hit me up on the gram. <laughs> All right, go eat. Go yes, eat. I got to go. Ciao. I love you both. We'll be in touch. We love Buonasera. you. Buonasera. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Guess who? It's your favorite co-host from the newly revamped number one rated podcast in the world, How You Feeling with Coco and Fran. I'm Coco, by the way. Anyway, we love what we're doing here and we want to continue to grow and improve by bringing you quality episodes each week. One of the best ways to help us is with financial support. For as little as 99 cents a month, you will be contributing to the growth and success of this podcast. That's less than $12 a year. Just click the link in any episode description and become a sponsor. We'd really appreciate it. Oh my God. She's always great on the show. Oh, I love it. I love it. Great. She's great. She's funny. She comes in, she boom. And I told you she was going to love that story. Oh my God. I, I'm still like blown away by it all. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like, like the planets were clearly aligned. Maybe this is something to do with that whole Pluto thing that's happening at the end of February or whatever, which Hopefully we'll have an episode about. (laughs) We will. Goofy, Pluto, Mickey, Donald, Daisy. (laughs) But it's like small, small world. Listen, I got to tell you, it's the way it works. You know, I had a, when, when she mentioned small world, like I had a story that came to mind um, when I first moved back to Canada and I was living in Laval. Um, my cousin got me a job at a call center. I was doing like coaching, you know, I wasn't on the, on the phone uh, per se. And I remember this guy, uh, I, I don't know if he was a new hire or he was working in another department and he came onto my team and he asked me, did I go to this school? And he said, TH Bose. Now, T.H. Bose was the school that I went to in Laval pre-America. So this was in sixth grade before we even moved to the States. And now I'm back in Canada. And, and I said, yes. And he's like, yeah, I used to go there. And he, he mentioned his name and everything. And 
And then he said um, that we, we danced together at a school dance. Mm-hmm. He was the first boy I ever danced with. And there he is standing in front of me. Damn. Did you guys make out? No, he's ugly AF. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you, know, you know how to bust people's dreams. I mean, I'm being honest. People listening did not want to hear it go that way. Well, that's the way my life is. So, but it was just funny. Like all of a sudden he's standing in front of me. The first boy I ever danced with. Wow. Yeah. It was What's very small? weird. Small. Um, from the cutting crew. I just died in your arms oh, tonight. That's a good hit. <laughs> like that's another one. You do not leave CBS. Yes. Oh you no. You stood in line for like 20 minutes because of COVID. You ring up, you grab your stuff, you're about out the door, you're annoyed, you're frustrated, you've been standing there, nobody wanted to help you. You're just like, ugh, and then all of a sudden you're I, I just died. And then I'm like, I'm going to walk around and look for Gatorade. Right? It's a good song. It's a good song. We've all been there. Yep. Because it's not the same when you go back to the car and you put it on, then you're like, I don't want to hear this shit. <laughs> so it's environment. It matters. <laughs> listen i always talk about cvs and any pharmacy you're walking around it when you hear it there is a liquor store i go to i'm gonna go into that another day but let me tell you their playlist <laughs> my hat is my hat is off today. Nice. it's lit oh i can stay in there i'm i can rarely go somewhere and hear six songs in a row that i enjoy this place they know I'm coming because they're like, put on that track, put on that track because I they won't know leave. I'm coming. <laughs> I won't leave. They'll see me in the parking lot, but like, put that on, put that on. He's going to stay forever. And sure enough, and I end up buying tons of shit I don't need, leaving with cases of wine. Like, I'm like, oh, this is my song. Oh, shit, this is my song. Oh, this is my song. Yeah. So I wanted you to uh, tell our listeners because again, we're going back to legacy. And one of the things that I said that I was going to do from going forward forward was to save things, to ensure that we have things saved, recordings, whatever it is. And it's much easier now, obviously, with the technology that we have to be able to do that. But there's another little story about a recording that you and I always laugh about and we we refer to, but we do not have access to this recording at all about onions oh my god can you please tell i can tell the story but i'm gonna have to warn listeners yes it's dirty but that it's but, no it's not it's not like x-rated but it's no. certainly is not something that children should be in the room unless they're my kid because it doesn't matter listen yeah. children shouldn't be in the room while listening to the show anyway get headphones you cheap bastard exactly all right, so, so set the stage, talk about this recording. So anyway, years ago, my, a friend of mine, which I'm not going to say her name because maybe she doesn't want me to bring her into this mess, but a friend of mine years ago who was not Coco, but I've known her probably, believe it or not, longer than I've known Coco. And because I met her when I was 15. Yeah. So yeah. we ended up back in the day, you're living in the suburbs of New Jersey, you're bored as shit right you're just bored you find things so we ended up finding this and i know people who are listening are trying to pretend but 
these lines where you would call like dating lines and you would create like a mailbox and you would leave like a mailbox and like in a certain subject of what you were interested in. It was so bootleg. Like the kids today would be like, what? You guys did what? (laughs) Like it blew my daughter's mind the other day that we had to wait a week for our show to come on. Like that blew her mind. She was like, what? You guys waited a week? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so you would leave a message. And so my friend was always like, we'll leave a message and let's put it in different boxes. So one box was like a man looking for a woman. One box was like a man looking for a man. Another box was like, I don't know, randos. Mm -hmm. So I created this message because I was always the guinea pig or just the guinea. And I would get on and I would just leave a voicemail and be like, hey, my name is, it was always some like Italian American name, like Tony, Joey, something. Hey, this is Joey, I'm looking for, you know, good time, have some fun with somebody, see what happens, you know, that kind of thing. And then one time, well, more than one time, we got responses, but there was this one response that Coco mentions that was probably one of the most epic responses ever. I wish we had this recording. This guy who, and I don't remember verbatim, but I remember the important parts. <laughs> he responded to my message and he was like hey joe yeah i like you to lick my onions my kiwis and then he just like i don't know what else he said but then he was like interrupted abruptly yeah like didn't he didn't he he say first i want you to lick my balls yeah 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 kiwis and then it was like this moan of my onions yep exactly so it was like my onions and we to this day wish we had saved that somehow but guys listen don't be brutal this was like 1996 97 like it was on an answering machine like maybe if i had like a little cassette recorder maybe but who knows how that would have transferred to everything now i don't know yeah, because it was kind of like it wasn't on a like a answering machine. It was a voicemail yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had to like hold the receiver, like you might have to put it on speakerphone and record it. I don't yes. know what the logistics are, but that was one of the other messages that we always talked about because we're like, your onions. Like that's not I listen, I could be wrong. As long as he's not talking about pearl onions. Well, you listen, I'm not going to get into this, but I'm going to say one thing. You are a size queen. Oh, you are a size queen. No, that's not true. You are a size queen. I like a good bowl. (laughs) You like big butts, big balls and big. Doesn't need to be. I don't I don't like big butts. I like a nice firm. Tush. You like big butts and you cannot lie. That's you know it. Firm tuchus. Listen. <laughs> so anyway, so we got this, me- and then, you know, we got to talking and Coco and I were like, legacy, legacy, legacy. Well, our legacy is a lot of these stories, like a lot of these things that happen. Like if, you know, we have shared with you, I mean, if you go back 
to like one of our early episodes, probably first season, there's an episode called Traveling with Ugly. (laughs) Now, if you go back and listen to that episode, if we had been, if we had had MTV back then, who the producers of the real world had videoed, filmed that as a series, you all to this day would have looked back at that show and been like, we need a reboot, we need a reunion. Yes. to see where these people are now. Now, I promise you, ugly has only gotten uglier. <laughs> I promise you, you don't need a reboot because there needs to be a warning when they do a show that reboots with those people. In the beginning, it needs to be like, just for people, viewer, viewer discretion is advised. Do yeah. not be eating dinner while you're watching this. You're brutal. Because... You're brutal. It's not just the ugly, it was also just the disgusting things. But yeah, so a lot of the things that we were exposed to, we look back and we go, wow, wow. Because nowadays, think about it. The world of TikTok and Reels and, and you know YouTube, people record basically their entire lives. Like, imagine if we had that access. Like when we were growing up, say YouTube was around, I can't imagine how many videos you and I would have had. Do you have, I don't, I don't think that this is very much a guy thing, not to get all into gender or whatnot, but do you have like a memory box of things? What do you mean? Of like things like, whether it's like, you know, a ticket stub of your very first concert or- you know, stuff is random. Like there's every once in a while, I'll crack open a book and I'll see something like that. And I won't remove it. I'll just be like, oh, you know, I can't find shit. Like, I think when we transferred from hard copies to digital, that's where the disconnect started. Mm. That's where I started to lose stuff. Because as soon as I got my first like real computer and the internet was involved, I can find just about anything in my email or on my hard drive. Mm. But anything that happened before that is kind of lost. Like I told you, the Betty White photo. No idea where it is. Yeah. No idea. I have a little, I have a box of things that I kept. I wish I had more things. Like I, I wish I had kept more of the things that I, I created um, or had as, as a, a teen. I remember, I think the first year in high school, mm-hmm. I actually wrote a a zine like I created a a like this bootleg kind of magazine with like comics and it was it was just it was just I don't know I can't even begin to tell you what was in it but I was so proud that I mm-hmm. created it and friends were reading it and they loved it but mm-hmm. I never kept it and that's something yeah. that I wish that I had still but there yeah. are some but there are some things that I have in my box um, that I'm glad that I've kept, uh, but there's certainly so many more that I wish I had. Mm. So many more things that I wish I had. Um, so yeah, it's like, there's that regret to not have had that forethought of keeping things, you know? Yeah, and then like you said, at what point do you're like, are we hoarders? Yeah. Like, you know, what? Can, like I remember when I was moving out for the first time and I was going through my closet in my bedroom that I grew up in. And I remember seeing this box of stuff from like 
high middle school into high school and it was like a pile of notes like drawings like all this stuff but a lot of it was in pencil and it was like so faded Mm. because I was like 20 and a lot of this stuff had already been like seven or eight years old yeah and I was looking at this stuff going like what am I going to ever do with this stuff like you know like now it'd be nice to be able to access it and be like oh what did it say you know because I found an old journal that I wrote in when I was younger I still have Mm. but a lot of that stuff I was like I just got rid of it yeah you know I got rid of it and some of it was personal so I like threw like totally nature right totally discarded it yeah but a lot of it was like what am I doing with this like why is this gonna matter to me well I guess if there's no if there's no emotional like deep emotional connection to the item like if you could care less about it then it's easier to kind of discard it right Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's so easy for me to discard clothing I I can I can get rid of clothes I don't have an, an emotional connection to clothes you know, um, so it's like, okay, well, if I haven't worn this item in a year, in four seasons, then I'm not going to wear it ever again. What am I holding on to it? Right. So, but there are other, you know, there are other things that I do have like an emotional connection to from my past, for example, photographs, never, ever, ever get rid of them. Yeah. You would, would, I wouldn't either, um, unless there are people I couldn't stand. (laughs) But I was thinking about when we were talking about all of this stuff, um, the video that I have of your movie, um, what was it? The 10th commandment? Yeah. Fifth commandment? Whatever. Yeah. The something commandment. Thou shalt not murder, whichever one that, that commandment is. Anyway, I have a VHS copy of one of Fran's short films that he starred in. It's like five minutes long it's it's a it's very short it's a black and white movie and i have it on vhs and it is the only as far as we know the only existing copy right now correct i don't have one exactly so there's i i want to get it digitized but there's a part of me and i've already looked into it there's a place here in ottawa that i can go bring it but i am so afraid (laughs) because you know and you know they're professionals like you know, you can tell them like I'm sure that they deal with the same delicate. Yeah, because it's literally stuff. the only copy that the we have. Copy. And you know what? I've tried to hunt down the director, and I think I tried to contact him like years ago. Nothing. Yeah. You know, I have another movie that Jen shot. I actually was in with someone else, and it was a short movie. And this was before the one we all shot together. Mm. Um, cause that movie never really got, it like got shot, but it never was like really completed. Do you have that footage as well? Oh yeah. Jen has all of that. I would love to see that, you know? And, um, but there was a black and white movie that she did called paper cuts that was in, cause that one you have was actually at a festival. Yeah. That was a festival in New York and because some Spanish director had directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's really exciting when you find this stuff. And, you know, as we said, the whole legacy thing, it brings up like this old, like nostalgia and, you know, it leaves remnants of what you and Akilah were talking about, of what you leave behind. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because this is going to blow your mind. My daughter is 11 years old. 
I've been performing all through her life. She's never seen me perform. Wow. She's never seen me perform because I was doing a lot of comedy, doing a lot of comedy shows, doing a lot of like even hour shows, like kind of just like performances in the city. And it was just too much to bring her because she was little in a lot of these places you couldn't. And now that she's 11, she could probably come Mm -hmm. to some places because she's not going to be a disruption. Yeah. But you can't bring a baby to these places. Yeah, that's true. You know, so she really hasn't seen anything. And one of the reasons why I really want to get that movie you have is because I want her to see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and, and, you know, that's the point, you know, when you look at things like that, like, I remember when I did that movie with that director and I remember at the time being maybe 20, I'm thinking to myself, like, oh my God, this is such a great thing like who knows what it could turn into Mm -hmm. but you know when it doesn't turn into anything you can at least go well I did it you did it yeah and that's that's what I want to how I want to do things now where it's 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 not about how it turned out it's the fact that it was done yeah and you and and you know I think it's less about worrying about what other people are going to think and what people describe as perfection yeah you know it's it's always doing something that you know we set out to do without being concerned with the intention yeah you know and that's it's hard for a lot of people to do it but you know if you're a photographer and this just is an example if you're a photographer and you decide you also want to build frames and shelves, just, just an example, you don't necessarily are concerned with people going, wait a minute, aren't they a photographer? Why are they building shelving units? You don't think about that. Like maybe, maybe that's their legacy. I mean, but it's just an example. I made it up. It's not like that's a real story, right? It's just made up. You know, it's like you. But if all of a sudden you started making singing bowls. I am just made up. <laughs> I mean, oh, and by the way, if none of you have been to Coco's Instagram, you need to look at her Instagram because I scrolled down on it the other day and just to steal some photos. And because I had to take some screenshots because I needed some photos you took of me and, and you had the best versions of them. And I just was like, huh a lot of food on your instagram and they're take the photos are taken really well yeah hmm. that's all i got <laughs> you're such a shithead because <laughs> i just you know that's my dream for you food like food. i think i think the true culmination of two things that you love and you know jen has been saying this for two years now She's like, even if it was self-published, she goes, I can see Colleen putting together a book of her favorite recipes and writing it and also taking the photos. Well, can I say one thing right now? You can say 14. We still have time. I will. Um, I've been obviously, I not cooking more. I'm, I'm, I cook. I love to cook. I love to try new recipes when I see something whether it's on Pinterest or Instagram or wherever, I will attempt to make it. Now, there have been 
a few recipes of recent days and weeks that I've made that I feel in my quote unquote semi-professional experience <laughs> think that they need to be improved in some way. Mm -hmm. So I've been actually writing down the augmented recipe. And I would eventually, I will eventually have a collection, even if it's just for me that I could pass on to a friend or whomever, mm -hmm. it'll be a collection of these tried and true recipes. So that's, I guess, would be considered a sort so of- So would you get it? Would you, would you try to at least get it like, maybe not self-published, but would you at least try to like think about maybe putting it together like in a printed version, like a binded version? Maybe like I could, I can do the, the, the recipe once it's been perfected in my opinion. And then I can certainly get, do the photographs. Absolutely. I love it. I love this idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've all been touched by an angel tonight. Some of us have also been touched by other things. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you and Aquila with like, I want to leave a good taste in somebody's mouth. And Listen, I just, if I, someone doesn't taste good. <laughs> the whole time I was thinking to myself, well, just take a shower. <laughs> Drink some pineapple juice. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> That's you, not me. That's what you said. It's on the record. Damn. All right. So listen. You know, I think we're moving towards great things. And I want to say, I want to leave on this note. This show essentially is our legacy too. You know, I don't look at this show as, you know, to Aquila's point, it'd be great to be like the number one podcast out there. It'd be great to have 175,000 listeners, right? Don't it'd be great to be... Well, we only have a hundred now, but um, so I, what I'm thinking is it would be great to have all those things, but essentially you can't always start something because you expect it to be successful. Like that can't always be the reason why you start something. Like, I think sometimes there's this idea in my head, at least where I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I just know I want to do it. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter. Like, I feel like at the very least, after you and I get tired and we're like, we're not doing this anymore. And Akila takes over the show, like she said, because <laughs> she's younger than us. She can do it. That's true. So, you know. She will carry you know, on our legacy. Right. And you and I can actually, when we talk about, and here's like the full circle, when we talk about like, actually having recordings of things look at how many hours of recordings we have of ourselves yeah you know that people can access and share and god knows how much longer apple and spotify will keep our shows up mm. after we decide hey we're not gonna do this anymore yeah but the point is someone can always go back and find these things yeah you know, and not just them, but also more importantly, us. You know, I need, to, I need to bequeath my hard drives to someone at some point. Yeah, you got to bequeath them. You better bequeath them to somebody. 
because Queen Laquifa. <laughs> That's what you should name your hard drive, Queen Laquifa. Coco just hit the floor. She's not breathing. Someone called the ambulance. Did I have an ambulance in your town? Fuck. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, she's gone. <laughs> I think you should seriously call your hard drive Queen Laquifa. Okay, I will do that. Like, just get yourself one of those, like, label makers. <laughs> Queen Laquifa. And, and, and this is where Chris doesn't even realize how funny he is. <laughs> like, someone goes, hey, listen, we're in a, we need you to go on a show. And we need you to bring somebody who's just, like, the total straight man. He's the guy. Because everything you say, he just looks at you and he goes, what is wrong with you? He does. He's got such a judgy face. So I swear, last story and then I'm going to go. The other day I was running out errands, whatever. And all of a sudden, I don't know why this occurred to me. I thought, I think I saw a sticker on someone's car or something. I ended up calling Coco, but I left her a text message of me singing the Frosted Flakes theme song. So she gets it. And what did Chris say? She can't breathe. <laughs> what did he say? I don't even remember. What did you say, Chris? He says, wait, you're going to have to look back. How many days ago was it, though? I know. Well, I'm gonna have to find it. Hold Wait, on. You sent a picture, right? No, it was a no, it was me singing. Oh fuck. Was it over the weekend? God, who knows when it was? Hello. Oh, there it is. Chris just said, oh geez, why? You found it? I did. Okay, play a little bit of it. Knowing what you can do, the taste of Tony's Frosted Flakes. That's what he sent me. <laughs> and Chris's response? Oh, geez, why? And of course, he yeah. gives me side eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's Chris. Yep. People always, yeah, that's Chris's legacy. That's why I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> His legacy. All right, all. Remember, we're here for you. And whether you listen or not, we're doing this show. Always. You can't get rid of us. All right. Have a great night, y'all. Take care.